This is an MPT Magazine podcast. For more information, find us online at www.mptmagazine.com. Good evening and welcome to the launch of Modern Poetry and Translation Scorched Glass, which is our issue dedicated to Iranian poetry, Persian poetry, um, which was published this year. We're very, very grateful to the support of the British Council, and I know Aras is here today, Aras Khatami, who helped us a great deal with this issue. This evening you're going to hear the lion's share of the, the focus section on Iranian poetry. Um, you'll hear really most of the translations that are, are in this, and I think, you'll, I think that by the end of the evening you'll agree that they are just sumptuous poems in really, really fantastic translations. We're lucky enough to have a host of readers here today, Ziba Kalbasi, Stephen Watts, Nazrin Parvas, Hubert Moore, Paul Batchelor, Karen McCarthy-Wolf and Pascal Petit, all of whom have brought these poems into glorious, glorious English, English poetry. I'm going to introduce to you today the first speakers, um, who, um, Hubert and Nazrin, and then I'll introduce Paul, Karen and Pascal together because they're all reading their poems, which are either single or a couple of poems, and at the end, I'll introduce Stephen and Zeba, who are going to conclude the reading. So I will begin by introducing Hubert and Nazarene. They've translated a great deal of work over the years of modern poetry and translation, and I think were originally published by Modern Poetry and Translation under David and Helen Constantine's editorship, with poems by often un- unknown, or at least un- un- with writers who are writing under pseudonyms or whose names were withheld for political reasons and they've continued to send us poems um, really in the same vein. But this edition of MPT has poems by a poet called Sabir Haka um, whose name is known to us all and um, as Nazarene and Hubert explained <coughs> earlier today who is not frightened to have his name mentioned in modern poetry and translation. Um, Hubert and Nazarin have worked together now for 10 years on poetry translation. Um, Hubert is a poet and his eighth collection appeared last year, The Bright Gaze of the Disoriented. Uh, he's translated numerous, numerous uh, Iranian poems and he's also worked for a long time with the organisation now known as Freedom from Torture, working on writer mentorships with victims of torture and much of his own poetry is concerned with this process. Nazarin Parvas uh, was born in Iran. In post-revolutionary Iran, she was a civil rights activist. She was herself arrested, uh, sent to prison, tortured, and even sentenced to death. She was released in 1990. She then spent some time being um, harassed by um, the Islamic guards, and then eventually she fled to England where she's lived since then, claiming refugee status and retraining as a psychologist. As we learnt today, Hubert and Nazarin met because of those writing mentorships with Freedom from Torture. And um, Nazarin and Hubert are going to read together the poems by Sabir Hacker, which appear in this modern poetry and translation. A big welcome to Hubert and Nazarin. <laughs> دادن شاتوت را دیده ای که چگونه صرفیش را با خاک قسمت می کند هیچ چیز مثل افتادن در داور نیست من کارگرهای زیادی را دیدم از ساختمان که می افتادن شاتوت می شدند مالبریز Have you ever seen مالبریز How their red juice stains the earth where they fell Nothing is as painful as falling. I've seen so many workers fall from buildings and become mulberries. God. God is a worker too. Welder of welders he must be. In the evening light, his eyes are red. At night, his shirt is full of holes. Gun. If they had not invented the gun, there would be fewer people killed at a distance. Lots of things would be easier. It would be easier 
to force them to realise the workers' power. <coughs> Fearing death. All my life I have believed it wrong to lie, wrong to upset anyone. All my life I have accepted death is part of life. In spite of this, I still fear death. Fear to be a worker in the next world too. Career choice. I could ever be a simple bank employee, a food material salesman, the chief of a party, a taxi driver, or a publicity marketer. All I wanted was to stand on top of my town and look down among the packed buildings at the house of the woman I loved. That's why I became a construction worker. My father Believe me, if I dare to speak about my father, his life gave him little enjoyment. A man devoted to his family, he made his life harsh to hide his family's shortcomings. And now, my only doubt in publishing my poems is that my father cannot read. faith. My father was a worker, a faithful man who each time he prayed, God was ashamed of his hands. Death. My mother said she had seen death. He has a bushy moustache, she said, and the figure of a man gone wild. Since that night, I have doubted her innocence. Friendship. The only reason I'm not a friend of God goes back to the distant past when our family of six lived in a single room and God had a big house all to himself. Borders. Like a shroud covers a corpse, snow covers many surfaces, covers the building's skeletons, whites out the trees, the graves and it's only snow that is able to white out borders. Home. I can say it of the world. I can say it of every country in the world. I can say it of the sky. And of everything in this universe, but of this windowless rented bedroom in Tehran, I can't say it. Can't say home. Government. For some time now, the police have been looking for me. I haven't killed anyone. I haven't written an article against the government. Only you know, my darling, how tragic it is for people if the government fears me for being a worker. What would they do if I was a revolutionary, a rebel? Yet the world hasn't changed much. For a boy who always longed 
to see his picture on the first page of all the school's books. My only fear. When I die, I'll take with me all my favourite books, I'll fill my grave with pictures of those I love. In my new home, there will be no room for fear of the future. I'll lie down, I'll light a cigarette and I'll cry for all the women I have wanted to hug. Among all my delights, one fear remains that one early morning someone will shake my shoulder and say, get up Sophia, we have to go to work. Politics. The greatest events take place with the utmost simplicity. It was simple, wasn't it? To transform manual workers into political activists? Change cranes into gallons? Siyaset. Hamishe bozorktarin etfaha be sadegi hachi tamam tar etfaq miyoftand. Paye hame karigarha ra be siyaset baz kardand. Az vakti ke Thanks very much, Hubert and Nazarene. And it's really interesting in the actual in the issue where you can see the poems printed out, some of the words are bracketed. I think those, those are the words that were censored when yes. the poems were originally published. The word God is bracketed everywhere. Yeah. Yes, I thought of doing a silence there. But <laughs> <laughs> My word, but certainly. The next three speakers are all poets who are invited to join in this project of translating Iranian poetry into English. When we originally met Ted Hodgkinson, to talk about the translation of Iranian poetry. Um, Aras had been sent a collection of translations by translators who were often in their own right poets, but translated from um, English into Iranian. And the translations were very lucid, but not always very poetic. And I think we all felt that if they were going to work for an English language audience, compelling for an English language audience, then we had to find poets who would work with those those literal versions, they were more than literals, but with those versions, and be sympathetic to them. So we asked three poets who worked with NPT before, and have, again, quite long associations with NPT, because we know that poets that often work with translations or translators often have a much more sympathetic approach to the whole process of translation, and I think that's what we wanted. We wanted people who were poets and emphatically poets in their own right, but also who had very sympathetic listening ears and had worked with translation before. The first of the readers, Karen McCarthy-Wolf, published a, a series called Hoxton Stories in NPT a while ago. Remarkable translations, not really translations in the true strict sense of the word, but retellings of her London grandfather's stories in his own dialect, which Karen had managed to capture and shape into poetry. She's also published a pamphlet, The Worshipful Company of Pomegranate Slices, which was a PBS choice. And her book, very recent book, An Avery of Small Birds, was published last year to huge acclaim and has been shortlisted for the Forward Prize and is a wonderful read. For the um, Iranian focus, she worked with an Iranian translator called Ezan Nazori to translate the classic Iranian poet um, Ahmad Shamlu. Paul Batchelor, Another long-standing contributor to MPT, his poems after Baudelaire were published in Transplants, again under David and Helen's editorship. His own collection, The Sinking Road, is published by Bloodaxe, and it's been described as writing that combines striking imagery with depth of feeling. He has a recent pamphlet, The Love Dark, 
And um, I, as I mentioned earlier in the close reading, he also has a wonderful, wonderful, long dramatic monologue, which is published in this month's poetry magazine uh, in the States, and you can read online. So have a look for that if you, if, if, if you can. Paul worked on a, poet, a poem by Babak Hoshan called So That Minotaur. Pascal Petitzer's most recent collection, Fauvery, evokes the big cats of Paris' Jardin de Plante and the wild, bold colours of the Fauvist painters. It was shortlisted for the T.S. Eliot, and I understand your seventh collection is also underway, Pascal, which will be published with Blood Axe in 2017. And she's also, in her spare time, chairing the T.S. Eliot Prize this year. She recently won a Chumley Award from the Society of Authors. Um, Pascal worked on the um, on three poems. She translated the 20th century lyric poetry, Mansour Uji, um, together with Shahriya Vagipur. Um, Nima Yushi, um, who was described a couple of times today and by Stephen Watts as the, um, the father of modernist or modern po Persian poetry. And also Zia Movahed, who is an influential figure in Iranian literature and poetry and writing now. Um, when I read the literal translation of Moverhead's exactly, I immediately thought of Pascal, and you'll see why when she reads the poem. So those three readers are going to read in order, and um, the first is Karen McCarthy-Wolf. Thank you, Sasha. Um, and thank you also for this opportunity. Um, as Sasha said, I've done some dialect translation, but nothing um, from another language um, previously. So um, I, I found it a very challenging and rewarding experience um, through the challenge, the reward, I think. Um, and um, I think that it tests your tastes in poetry and your poetics um, and also your affiliations to the reader um, and to the author and to the original text um, and it's really the most forensic kind of reading I think um, that you can do um, and also I was very um, I, I found it really fascinating that um, it, it's very much a collaborative process um, particularly um, I worked with um, Ersan um, Naruzi, um, who was based in Tehran, um, and so we exchanged emails and um, talked about particulars, um, but we needed to really talk just to get to the nuances I found of, of the work, um, and I think I, I think I bugged him a fair bit with, can you just, um, you know, is it exactly that word there? Um, and. Um, when I was working on the translation, um, you know, you have to make lots of decisions about how it might appear on the page, and Shamu particularly, the, the, the idea of um, his relationship um, with tradition um, and free verse as well. So I really wanted to think about the line endings um, and the spaces in the poem. And um, the, the, the poem is actually, its title um, is just three dots and ellipsis. Um, and I think that's, that's very much for me, um, captures the spirit of the work. I mean, it's, it, it's um, the idea of what we might want poetry to do, what it can do, and what maybe it fails to do as well. Um, and it's a poem that is dedicated to the painter Iran Darudi. And so I needed to find out a little bit about her work too. Um, so it was really very much, this. there was a collaboration also with a visual artist as well. Um, so I'll read the poem now to you. For Iran Darudi. Before you, many artists produced gazelles from interwoven leaves and branches, or painted a flock 
in the contours of the foothills, its shepherd hidden in a zigzag of cloud and sonnet. Or, with their own bellies full, they painted hungry stags bellowing in misty, manicured forests. You paint lines of mourning, of metal and mortar, of smoke, suffering, and lies, since silence is not our faith. The silence of water could be drought and a cry of thirst. The silence of wheat could be the roar of hunger, of famine, while the silence of sunshine is darkness. But the silence of humanity is a nothingness, a godless void. Paint this roar. Paint my era in the arc of a whip, in its smirking pain. Paint my neighbour, estranged from hope and God, and paint our dignity, looted and sold for dinars and dirhams. We, who had all the words in the world, said nothing of worth, since one word, just one word, was missing. Freedom. We didn't say it. Paint it. So that Minato, and it follows on nicely, I realise, from uh, Karen's uh, poem that uh, ended with that, those lines about freedom. Uh, much of the poem is set in what I'm calling Freedom Square, which is um, Shayad Square, which became, which was renamed um, Azadi Square, or Freedom Square, uh, after the Iranian Revolution. So that Minato. Oh mother, when you dried up, I lost my milk teeth to a cow's udder. So it was I became foster brother to all the calves in the city. So I became a bull. So I became a man. So now I'm the bastard son of man-cow, and my abominable tenor echoes in the thousand twists of the plaza as I go discordant walls. So the earth was on my horns from the beginning. So when I heard my neck snapped, they put the earth down. Oh, Father, when you reared up on two legs, when you shied and reared for the first time, mother's breasts and breaths and first trimester cravings had not yet dried up. So I was cast under the feet of the crowd in Freedom Square. So now time snags on my horns and yo-yos a halo round my head, back and forth, back and forth. So I become a child, that's so me, and do my homework. So I get the cane for my poor handwriting. So I play the rebel like mother. So I go to war like father. So I blister all over from mustard gas like my brother. So I become Yaya and hang myself in the barn, so that once again, so that a hundred times again, I become cowbull schoolboy, that's so me. Uni, factory, home, dairy farm, nursery, school, freedom square, dairy farm. Oh beloved, when you dried up, our daughter lost her milk teeth to a cow's udder. So now she's foster sister to her father. So now she's woman, 
So now she's cow. So now she's the bastard daughter of man-cow woman. So I hear her abominable tenor as she goes my nasal septum hole. As she kicks the rusty ring in my nasal septum hole, so it hurts. Ever since father tethered it to a rope, noosed to the neck of a statue that was dragging me, I think next time the yo-yo returns it should be called freedom. Under the feet of the crowd in the square, to topple the statue, it hurts my nasal septum hole. It hurts the rope burn and the scratches from the ring in my nasal septum hole. It hurts. Even the bruise on the neck of the statue from the noose of the rope tethered to the ring in my nasal septum hole in Freedom Square. I couldn't make out the name in the yo-yo halo. It hurts. And the marks from my father's horns and the marks from my daughter's kicks and the marks from my very own self-inflicted hoof strokes. Catching myself in the mirror, I realise I am first a bull, then a man. When I rear up on two legs, I realise I am first a man, then a bull, and that I have been listening for Theseus' footsteps. He's familiar with how painful being a man bull is that somehow my bullishness stops me being a man, that somehow my mannishness stops me being a bull, that I can wallow in clover till the cows come home in the daft labyrinth of my father's brain, that I could stagger till the cows come home under the stampede of my daughter's eyelashes, that I could be the apple of mother's first trimester cravings till the cows come home, that till the cows come home, I'm a bull in the abominable tenor of my own vertigo name of God. That I know if the cows had fingers, they'd be pointing them at me. That if he's not back by dusk on the next revolution of the yo-yo, I've pierced my daughter's nasal septum. Theseus, where have you got to? Where in the manifold, multiform labyrinth, or tangled in Ariadne's miserable flirtings are you stuck? I know that it's getting dark, that mother's running dry again, that it's getting late. Hello. I was asked to translate three short poems with the help of Sharia Ragifipal. What I got from the poems in the rough translations that Sheriel sent me was these very powerful and intense images. And my task, I felt, was to somehow find um, the right English words to convey those images, which seemed to hold a great deal. Uh, the first poem is by Nima Yushi, Yushi, who is the father of the modern Persian poem. In the cold winter night. In the cold winter night, even the sun's core doesn't burn as fiercely as my lamp. My lamp outshines all light and eclipses the frosty beacon of the moon. I lit my lamp for my neighbour's visit during the glacial night when the wind whipped the pines. He got lost in the dumb hills, veered from my narrow path. But I still remember his story and the words he left on my lips. Who lights the lamp? Who burns? Who holds my story in his heart? In the cold winter night, even the sun's core doesn't burn as fiercely as my lamp. Mansur Uji. 
and you behind the lace. What a fragrance was inside the adobe rooms. What a fragrance from the afternoon rain. What a fragrance in the wattle and door. It was three hours after the sorrow that they came in their mourning cloaks. One went towards the figure in the photo, one to the gate, while you were behind the lace curtain. And I was staring at your lips as I fell asleep. What does the fire look like, one said. The cold is the sadness, and you were behind the lace. And my dream tasted like a flower, and my dream smelled of earth walls, and my dream looked like an apple of crimson fire, and my dream but I was roused from it by a call to prayer, and I woke in the afternoon rain. And, uh, finally, I'm sure that I was asked to read this poem because it features a cat. <laughs> it's by Zia Moorhead who's known for the mathematical precision and concentrated brevity, just like a cat. Exactly. Just as the cat crouches in a corner, glares at each thing in turn, has a nap, then stretches and yawns before sauntering into the backyard where a feral madman has been shackled for years, staring at his double in the well. So, on the bare steps, autumn scatters a new layer of dirt, and behind closed doors, the dais and podium glare silently at one another, exactly like a cat. Mm. <laughs> and finally tonight I'm going to introduce you to Stephen Watts and Ziba Kabasi. Stephen um, is in this issue of NPT as translator of two poem two poets. Siva Kabasi and Esmail Hoy, who unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight, which I wanted actually to say, we, we had very bad luck with visas. We wanted to, we tried to invite Sabia Haka, who um, was trying to sort out his passport, and we couldn't make it happen. But hopefully, we'll be able to bring him across at some point in the future. We also wanted um, Ali Reza. Uh, Raghi to come across and he wasn't able to come across either because of his visa um, so it's a real shame but I am very very glad that um, Stephen and Ziba Karbasi are going to be reading here tonight <coughs> Stephen's translated um, the work of many poets not just from Iranian um, from, from numerous different languages and again has an incredibly long association with NPT um, we've been reading back through the issues of MPT and Stephen Watts' name starts cropping up pretty much in every issue um, with contributions from different languages. Um, it, he's a, a poet in his own right, but he's a poet and translator who's really given his life to translating poetry. And he has a very particular approach um, to co-translation, which involves working with the poet very intensively, face to face hearing their voice, hearing how they speak their own poetry and trying to recreate that in English. And the result is some really, really tremendous, tremendous translations. Stephen's worked with um, poets from Kurdistan, from Romania, from Slovenia, and of course from Iran. And he's been translating Ziba Kabasi for many years. And we've um, published a selection in this MPT, but I think actually you've been published in MPT before with translations of Ziba's poetry. Um, 
Stephen's own poetry is um, remarkable. His book, Ancient Sunlight, um, is, was published, I think, in 2014, and um, was described by nature writer Robert McFarlane um, as the as Stephen is among the most fine and subtle writers I know on the relationship of, between landscape and mind. Ziba Kalbasi uh, was born in Tabriz in 1974 and fled Iran in her teens with her mother and sister and she became famous and with her poem Death by Stoning which describes the death of a relative of her mother and um, Stephen compared her work in the introduction in MPT to Marina Tsutayla's work, the Russian poet, for its intensity of feeling and also perhaps the sort of structures that link meaning and feeling and language together to very, very tight and intense in Zeba's work as well. And um, Stephen is going to read, I think, Zeba's work and also perhaps from Esmel Hoy's work as well. Um, Esmel couldn't be with us, as I said, this evening but he is another poet who is in exile in um, Britain. He came to Britain in the 1980s, and he's at the forefront of Persian, modern Persian poetry. He's published over 40 poems, and his poem, Last Words, which is published in this issue, and perhaps Stephen will read, has been described as one of the most political of love poems. Well, Stephen and Ziva. Ziba just wanted me to read a couple of um, uh, smiles before she comes up. Um, okay. I'm really sad Esmail is not here. He's a dear friend of mine. Um, and I apologise you won't hear his Persian, his Farsi, because I can see among his friends in the audience. Um, and he's a lovely, lovely man who studied philosophy at UCL in the 1960s and has lived on the northwest of London since 1981. Uh, one of the great poets of London, though maybe that's, maybe you haven't heard of him before. <laughs> Two short poems, love poems, although he writes wonderful long poems. A sudden anguish on a spring morning. May must be here. The old chestnut tree has rekindled its chandeliers and the calmly rising hills are pushing away from their grass-clothed shoulders the bank of grey cloud whose edges have been burnt by the warmth of spring suns. In this clean-washed dawn in whose panorama all existence has become a transparent mirror for the self and the solitude of my mind, freed from memory and desires, become a heart-soothing facade of my own eternity. What was this? Ah, what was it? Did the shadow of a bird's wing pass across the dew-woven green of this grass? Or was it death touching my spine with its wet wing? for just a fleeting moment. Last words, which as Sasha said, the um, contemporary critic and poet, Mandana Zandian, described as a, a most political of love poem. It shall be defeated, this creed of death knows. All it takes is for our window to be open to the dawn breeze and for the moon to show her breast through the folds of a cloud and for you to throw the sheet from off your thigh <coughs> and for this bird to sing. Thank you, Esmael. Poem I, I am reading. Uh, it is 
کجای باران را بگیری نریزد اشکی برای این گازهای اشکاور نمانده برادر خونی برای ریختگی در جوبهای جنوب کمی شرق آین مرد خوری در اجرای شهری نه شای باد کرده ته استخر شاه شاهدند مرده های ما را بالا کشیدند و خبر همیشه لال مونی لای خبرگیر و خبرگیر خبردار میدهد با هر آرخ که میزند بوی خون مثل ابری پاره میشود چرت خیابان مدام از راه بندان و به ای رو ببند گریم سجه تر از این عرفا و شبیه خونتر از این شبها از آن صبح ماست حرف تفره می رود از راه پیمایی می دود دونده است شکستنش در صدا جیخ و اوجش او کشنده است من ما ما ایران با همه جمع و از آنش ما زخم زخم خانگی من ما ما ایران با همه جمع و از لاش ما زخم زخم خانگی من ما ما مردمیم و دمیم و رامدام درام تبر و توپ من پر دست من خالی از توفن گلوگ پر گلوگه ماست من ما ما ایران ما زخم زخم خانگی و همیشگی خیانت از کسب و کار و بازار و دار گلگل در این گلگله بیکاری کاری تر از این حرف کجایش را بگیری نریزد اشکی برای این گاز های اشکابر نماند برادر خون ما را به لوله های گاز بستند گلگل خون جوشیده برای صبحانه فردا این جانب ایران صدای انقلاب 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 انجلاب 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 Cells, which was I think written in 2009, at a time when there seemed a slight possibility of change in Iran. What thread of rain can we hold on to, not to let it fall? There is no tear here for your tear gas, brother, and nothing of blood to pour down the gutter runnels a little bit south of the east of us here. Cult of the body gobblers in the formality of gorged cities. The swollen corpses of the dead under Shobkhole are witness. Our dead ones are being shoved under the table. And news of it is tongue-torn as ever between the teeth of white lines. And every which media hung in dumb formation. And with each belt you can smell the blood. Like a cloudburst on a napping street. Handcuffs of the disappeared. Blocked bridges. Blocked roads. My keelings have more edge than all those words, more blood dark than their bomb nights the morning call to prayer. Words that try to avoid walking start to dodge bullets and zigzag, breaking of voice sounds and shrieking, and at the end, oof, it can kill. I, us, us, Iran, with all its borderlands, its little corner lands, we with our wounds, wounds that go in deepest at home. I, us, all of us, people and breathing, and drum, 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 drum-filled and bombful, our hands emptied of guns, our throats stuffed with bullets. I, us, us, Iran, we with our wounds, wounds that go in deepest at home, and corruption as ever comes from commerce, and scamming and scabbing and market bazaar and habit hanging tree and hobble bubble and rubble and toil and not to work works better than all that babble. What can we hang on to not to let it fall? There's no tear here left for your tear gas, brother. We have threaded our blood vessels to gas pipelines, boiling, boiling blood bubbles break baths of morning. So we give you Iran, voice of revolution, revolution, revelation, revelation, revolution, revolution, revelation, revolution.
and uh, I wish that uh, one day there will be freedom and uh, no torture and uh, no censorship in my blood from Iran, just like my beloved from United Kingdom. I'll read the translation first and then it's a painful poem. Patience, and it has a epigraph from Hafiz. They say patience can turn a stone into a jewel. No, it didn't turn into a jewel. It isn't a jewel, not at all. It never will be. No, it was a stone. Patience, a stone through and through. The split through my forehead, the gash across my face, the blood oozing down behind my ear. Well, patience. And he with his whip, a woman with hair on the soles of her feet, hair sprouting from the soles of a beaten woman, have patience. And he with his sharp nails that rip and slash skin to pieces, and he who swallows and swallows, Always he carries his toothbrush with him because butterfly wings get stuck in his teeth. Patience, hey, patience. And she has no hugs, has no smiles, knows nothing of dancing, is hopeless at kissing, always stashing love under the table. Such a proper, pretty, pretty, such a true lady, so sure she knows how to hold herself, see how she bears patience. And always she's begging, beat me, and when she's been beaten again, such a gamin for a pretty game, and handfuls, handfuls of stones she'd throw at me, throw at you, oh she bears herself so well, if you're beautiful she'll say, you brute, if tall then it's, oh how short, strange lady, and not made of patience, no, it didn't become a jewel, not at all, no way, that a live torsioned knot that of a sudden snap died of its own high fever and feverishly died of patience. This poem starts with a line with Hafez, the great poet, Guyan sang and uh, the patient in my poetry, I've got a long story. In my first book, there's a, a woman sitting in the chair and become a chair and become a stone in the chair. And then uh, it goes on in all my, in my seventh book, there's another, uh, another poem, which uh, uh, again, in another shape of uh, patient. I'm against patient. نه لال نشد لال نشد لال نمی شود نه سن بود سبر خود سن بود سبر ترک روی پیشانیم شعار روی گونم خون جاری پشت گوشم بود سبر شلاق بود شلاق می زد سن کف باهایش مو در آورده بود موگ کف های زن بود سبر ناخونهایش تیز بود میدرید تکه تکه میکرد میبلید و هی میبلید و مسواکش را همیشه همه جا با خود میبرد بال بانه لای دندانش مانده بود صبر باهوش نداشت لبخند نداشت رقص نمیدانست بوسه بد بود عشق را پنان همه چیزش پنانی متین و موقر و سنگین یک پارچه خانم بود صبر همش میگفت بزن میخورد و میگفت بزن کتک خورش ملس بود به من به تو به خودش زنگ میزد صبر به زیبا میگفت زشت به بولا میگفت پس چیز غریبی شکل دیدنی عقده بود نه لل نشد لل نشد دق کرد از دق خودش I wrote in Azari, Azerbaijan, which my mother found and I thank 
Even Greystone. 